empty backfield. Dak Prescott a run all the way, and he's got a big opening. And a stiff arm, Dak Prescott. This is what he does better than anybody in the SEC. Touchdown. The pick is up. And it is no good. There are flags all over the field. The Bulldogs are celebrating. The result of the play is a touchdown. After the play, unsportsmanlike conduct on all players from both teams. Snap to Wallace. Baker, he keeps it, and he runs it to the five. In the end zone. Pick it up and run it out of the rear of the end zone. And it's a ball game that's in the record book. Bulldogs have won it 17-10 to 10 in overtime. What is up, Bulldog fans? This is your boy, Dogs Today. We're talking Dogs Podcast. Here with my co-host, Matty Light, coming off a fresh, uh, typical cardiac dogs nail-biter, 31-24 win over Arizona in overtime. What say you, Matty? Oh boy, Ugh. I am so tired of wanting to die during every <laughs> Mississippi State sporting event. Um, it makes winning a little bit more exciting, I'll give you that, because, you know, it, it's never easy. Um, you know, I want to start things off uh, by saying that that game should have never been as close as it was. It should not have been. I mean, we won the turnover battle plus four. Uh, you should not be, we, we shouldn't have four turnovers in the first half and be up by seven points. That's just despicable. Our offense couldn't move the ball. Um, every once in a while they did move the ball, but then we just would get stopped on a fourth down or something. You know, it was just, it was, and look, I'll say, I, I, I started looking on Twitter, and some of the usual sunshine pumpers for Mississippi State were out saying, oh, they're just not opening up the playbook. They're keeping it vanilla for SEC play and all that stuff. Man, that's fine as long as you win. Open it up enough to keep us out of overtime with Arizona at home, you know. And Yeah, I, you know, I wish I believed that. but Yeah, I, I, I can't bring myself to believe that because I feel like and and look and if we if we pass the ball 17 times against LSU and their doo-doo secondary I mean they're gonna kill us because I mean we have to pass the ball more than we did I'm look I'm always a run first guy like that's uh Moorhead we were all like just run the just run the ball you know and I am really glad Marks is getting the touches he deserves and he is actually doing really good for us but oh, yeah. we have to be able to throw the ball every once in a while to open up more lanes for him because you know if we're just running it every down every time we get the ball straight between the tackle we're not even doing any jet sweeps or anything we're just running it straight up the middle every single down and it I was mean, so predictable. It's, yeah. It's so it, it's such a big twist, like post air raid going to okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna hand it off to Woody between the tackles. Like it's so exhausting. Yeah. And like the first couple of drives, it was working really good. I mean, we were moving the ball, and then they were like, wait, they're just running it straight up the middle every single time. And well, what happens then? You start stopping it and then we never we never even pass the ball like, i don't know dude it just we have one of the most experienced passers in the sec albeit a lot all of time. his passes all time yeah i mean you gotta give him and and 
we, he's been in the air raid offense throughout high school and throughout his college experience, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, uh, he's been really pretty smart with the football. You know, he hasn't always been the most accurate. He hadn't always been able to throw it a hundred yards, but he hasn't turned it over a whole lot. He's usually pretty smart with the ball. So, I mean, at some point you got to give him the ball and, and let him make some decent decisions downfield because man, I'm, that was, it was hard to watch every time we got the ball, just come out and go three and out because we ran it straight up the middle three times. And it was just, it, I was yeah. bashing my head against the wall. The lack of adjustments is, is what was concerning. Cause uh, we were running the ball great in the first like quarter and a half and Arizona adjusted and they started uh, <clears throat> crowding the line of scrimmage more um, and, and keying the run. Like it was obvious how much they were keying the run. And uh, there should have been opportunity there to stretch the field, um, to, to sp- take space in the middle of the field. And we just didn't like we didn't give Will a chance to even do that. Uh, and that that's that's criminal, dude. I, I like just I just want to read this really quick. Uh, our box score um, from a receiving perspective. OK, this is so wrong. All right, you got Tulu, five catches, 83 yards, two tutties. Fine. Woody, four four catches, running back, eight, 32 yards. Jeffrey Pittman, one catch, 29 yards, running back. Simeon Price, one catch, eight yards, running back. Then you have Wally, one catch, six yards. Justin Robertson, one catch, four yards. We had three receivers catch a pass the entire game. And two of them only caught one. What the hell are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Did, what I'm wondering. I like I get it. We, like we have a great running back room, but if Will Roger and I, I trust me, like I know Will is not Peyton Manning, but like he is completely serviceable and makes good decisions with the ball when he's throwing. Like, why are you? allowing your your offensive line and your running backs to just get hammered over and over and over again and let let this team that has no business being in the game anymore crawl back in the game like to me it was like he was calling play scared like oh we've got a seven point lead yeah whatever like we can just run it out and and get out with this win like dude if if there's two minutes left sure but if there's two and a half quarters left no yeah, run your regular offense, you know. Yeah, like, like, I, and granted, Delora turned it over a lot, but he was way too dangerous and way too athletic to just like lay down. And they, they did not, they did not like. I, he's a rapist, so screw him. But like, the fact that he threw like four picks and just like kept on balling, like he was literally playing backyard football with us. Yeah, like out there with the Madden sticks, just going crazy and just acted like. Oh, I, you know, I threw four picks. Who cares? Like, I'm just going to go ball. And he did. And it was, it was kind of embarrassing. It was, but. it was extremely embarrassing. I mean, and, and the way he picked apart our secondary is kind of concerning as well. Yeah. Um, and, and granted they have five-star receivers on their roster, but to me, it was more of a scheme thing. Like we were bringing the heat, we get him under pressure, but we couldn't get him sacked. And it it wasn't like, it wasn't like they had a bunch of receivers that were just burning our guys or mossing our guys. They just had so much space 
because the dude would run around for 10 seconds and I mean, no DBs can cover that long. Uh, to me, that's when I saw the most success out of him is when he was like moving, the, moving in and out of the pocket and just taking forever. And then just the defense would break down. And that's why I'm worried going into next week because Jaden Daniels can do the same thing. Yeah. Yes, he can. Um, you know, and I, and from what I've seen at LSU these first two weeks, I mean, this is a winnable game for us, but not the way we played against Arizona. I mean, if our offense is so just bland, bland, then LSU is just going to load the box on us every time, and we're not going to do anything. Um, yep. uh, and we just got to get pressure on that quarterback. I feel like, unless unless we want to play some kind of drop eight or something, I don't know, but. I mean, we. I don't think we really need to do that against LSU because, I don't know, just – I am so upset with the play calling, you know, that, that I, I just don't understand how you give the most experienced passer in the country, especially in the SEC, 17 attempts. And two of those didn't even come until, what, overtime? I think yeah. it, I think we were sitting at fifteen attempts going into yeah. overtime. Like what? Yeah. What are we doing? Right. You know, it's pretty criminal. Yeah, I don't know. It, I'm I'm upset with Barbe. I I want to believe that he was holding out for SEC play, but I think that's a crock of shit. I think that's just a my name is Sam being an idiot on the timeline once again. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you, dude. Like, and of course, he he hasn't said that. You know, this is all just like our fans coping with the calls, like trying to, you know, sunshine pump, like you're saying, oh, yeah, we're just conserving the playbook. Like, you don't want to show our hand. Well, that's fine against Southeastern Louisiana, but not a Power Five team. I mean, I, yeah. I don't care if it's like Vanderbilt from two years ago coming in. Like, I don't, you don't do that. You don't make you don't, it. You don't have to show everything, but yeah. you it, it, at some point you need to at least practice these plays too, so you can know whether they're even good in in game and not just on paper. Right, and so and it doesn't matter how many times you practice it against your defense on the practice field until you're doing it in a game against another defense that's trying to kill you. Like you, you know, you're not going to get the correct the experience. Yeah, not the same at all. So, dude, yeah, with you there, um, man, it, it just it, it it does not instill a lot of hope in me going to this weekend. Uh, yeah. you know, I know they're playing Grambling, but LSU like put up a seventy piece. Um, I don't know, man. It's just like I just know. It, <laughs> I just know LSU's looking at the film and are like, dude, we, like, w- you know, if we don't throw four picks, like, we can cook this team. Yeah. And, I mean, granted, LSU did put up 70 on Grambling, but in that first quarter, because I was watching that game as well, because it was on, I was, we had three TVs, so we were watching the Alabama-Texas game, our game, slow. and LSU yeah, game at the same time. And, yeah, they did start slow. You know, that first quarter, it was, what, 14-14 for a little while. So, you know, I guess, no, Grambling never scored another touchdown. It was, like, 14-10. to 10. But yeah. Grambling was moving the ball on them, and their secondary looks really sus. So, that's why, like, 
it, I mean, if if Will Grambling can actually was a dead program with like like four years ago, like they did not have football. Yeah, if 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 Will can air the ball out a little bit, I feel like we'll be able to move the ball against LSU. But we have to have that passing threat because if they know we're just going to run it down their throats every time, they're not going to let us run it down their throats, right? Yeah, so, I mean, we got to be balanced, man. Uh, just when it comes, and to we were that, ba- we were basic, we were way closer to being balanced the first game against Southeastern. Louisiana. Oh yeah, it was like it was like as close to 50, 50 as you could get. Yeah. Um, I mean, what it comes down to is just stubborn, stubborn play calling. Uh, Barbe saw something on film or whatever that made him think, oh, we can literally run it down their throat. And we did for about a quarter or a quarter and some change. And they adjusted and he never did. And that and that's what good coaches do is you adjust in, in, in-game adjustments, especially at half. And we never saw those. Yeah. And that is so... PTSD worthy of fucking Joe Moorhead. That's yep. the the exact shit he always did. And of course, he was a head coach, so he was doing it both ways. I mean, uh, Josh Allen, you know, literally sacking Fitzgerald at Kentucky like five times, uh, rings a bell, just like, golly, dude. You got all these playmakers. You got Xavier Thomas back, didn't touch the ball. You got uh creed whitmore who like was outside of woody the best player on the field last week didn't touch the ball uh, you're not i understand spivey's not there but like you're not really incorporating the tight ends at all somehow you can't even get mike Wright involved this week like yeah he was only in there for what like three plays and he handed it off twice and the one time yeah. he, ke- he yeah. the one time he kept it they just completely blew it up like i everyone in the stadium knew exactly what was happening that that uh that play that they put him in and i mean they just blew it up because everyone knew so like i mean you got to have some kind of balance because i mean that was just embarrassing yeah, and I we're mean, saying it, it, all this after a win. It was just such a concerning way that we played football this week. Is it, it was the most uh, not feeling win uh, that a win could be. Like it, it was the most. It felt like a loss. Yeah, like even after that game, I was saying a win is a win, but it almost didn't feel like a win. Like it felt like we lost that game, and yeah, we should we should have lost that game the way our play calling was, even though we had four plus turnovers. I mean, they, what they turned it over five times, and we turned it yeah, over once. We I mean, over once. You win the turnover battle four times, and you win by a touchdown in overtime. That that yeah, that's it's not not, it's not acceptable. Not good. No, not at all. Um, extremely, extremely concerning. Uh, and we will see. We'll see if they make adjustments. I mean, I, you know, the best thing that came out of the game was Arnett's uh, slip up. Uh, with Cole yeah. after the game uh, and it's so funny because he literally almost did it last week and you think he would have been like oh dang I really better watch what I say <laughs> and then a week later he says it but that just shows you I mean that he's not happy he's not happy with the product he he's taking it seriously he's not uh laid back and I you know he's a defensive guy through and through but I just wonder like what is he telling Barbe this week um you know how much trust does he actually having him and granted the defense wasn't perfect but that then they did force five turnovers so you know the defense was most concerning to me at the end of the first half letting them get that like 53 yard 
bomb and then of course the fake spike yeah, is with, what it is with a couple seconds left like yeah. we did they didn't have much much time on the board like how are you letting those guys get behind you like that yeah. you know yeah that was the most <laughs> concerning part to me but i i mean i i seriously mean this when i say it arizona has better receivers than most of the conference that we're in i mean that may be true but you still don't you still don't let them get behind you. No, like, no, no, not at all. I'm not like in that scenario that that's never acceptable, but I just, I just hope that that's like a, a one-off there. Um, yeah. You know, there are, there's singular receivers that are as good in the conference. I mean, Malik neighbors for LSU is going to be really good, but I don't know, man, we'll see. I mean, there, I could go, I could go on and on about, about this game. I, I will say, any fan or non-fan for that matter that's like blaming will for this game in <laughs> yeah, particular no. you 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 literally are not a ball knower <laughs> you in I fact mean, this, do not know ball this dude was so efficient this weekend i mean what, what uh 13 for 17 and i know one of those passes was like a drop uh you know a nine and a half yard average on the completion is three touchdowns no picks 85 QBR. Like, what are you, what are you seeing? Like, what, how can you even blame this kid? Yeah. I mean, now if you let him throw it 28 times and there's a whole lot of incompletions or a turnover or something like that, then yeah. But I mean, if you're, if he's just getting told to hand the ball off every single play and we're not moving the ball on offense, well, I don't, I don't see how that's on the quarterback. You know? and, and I could I could argue that he won the game by going over there and telling Barbet like, "Hey, like, let me spread the ball around, let me do my thing, get get in the gun, and deal here." Uh, at the end of the second half, uh, I know we scored a field goal, not a touchdown, but if we didn't get that field goal, I mean, we're we're losing that game. Yeah. So, it, who's to say if he didn't walk over there and say that, we probably would have ran the rock right up the gut three times in a row, went three and out, and then Arizona would have scored and we would have lost. So, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm I'm the first to criticize Will if I, if he has a bad or mediocre game, but I mean he he did hardly anything wrong the entire game. I don't know where this this narrative comes comes from. It's the same people that are saying after last week, oh, you better play Mike Wright. Well, I mean, what did Mike Wright do Saturday? Uh, it, it, you know, that's also not on Mike Wright because he was in the game what for three plays. I mean, yeah, they never, no, they never I, I, agree, I agree. I agree. And he, he is capable of doing a lot, but like if Barbe obviously is not going to let him throw, it doesn't trust him to do anything. So yeah, I, personally, I I'd love to see him put, get put in there and actually pass the ball once or twice, just to give a defense that on tape to give it a little bit of something to think about. And I wish we would have done that against Southeastern Southeast Louisiana or Arizona, yeah. two teams yeah, that we, we should have been beating. A, you know, we don't have an opportunity to do that until week six when we play Western Michigan. Yeah, I don't want to start trying some new shit like that against a good defense in like LSU or yeah. any of the other LSU like, teams we're about to start playing. You know, knock on wood, but like, what if Will gets hurt next week? Yeah, <clears throat> then you got a QB that's in, you know, going into week four and hasn't thrown a pass yet. Like, they even I mean, let, I mean the Saints even let Taysom Hill pass it every once in a while. You know, no, I know, <laughs> I know. So, but, um. Anyway, man, I don't just know. it's I, it, you know, it's concerning. It's, it's it is it's concerning. the most concerning win you could possibly have, yeah. uh, outside of maybe like 
I don't know, some struggle win against Eastern Kentucky, but I can't imagine any team in the conference would do that. <laughs> well, uh, you, know, you know, we've kind of dogged on our team enough. I mean, we did win. Um, there are some people in the conference that are losing to Power 5 opponents this early in the season, and that is that is a tough look. Could not be us. Some people don't even have a win against a Power 5 opponent, and that's even rougher, you know, so... It's that is true. That is true. Um, but I digress. We will get into the around the conference slate, um, starting with the 10 a.m. game. Uh, this kind of went how I expected, but uh, Wake Forest 36, Vanderbilt 20. Um, Wake covered. They were favored by 10. Uh, you know, Vandy hung around, made it interesting. Um, but at the end of the day, they just, you know, Wake was too much. Uh, you know, I you think got they, they really they, they went for that uh, like fourth and one on the goal line and didn't get it and i felt like that was a huge swinging point for the vanderbilt wake game because mm-hmm. that you know they they convert that it makes it a one score game late in the third quarter and it you know but then after that it kind of got away from them because they didn't convert it so yeah uh swing, swing decisions there um we got georgia uh, against ball state uh 45 um then the game i just kind of dug at dude uh we got to talk about this for a second. kentucky Two weeks in a row, um, they look pretty. I guess me, me, they don't even. I wouldn't even say mediocre. And my my power rankings are going to reflect that. They, I mean, they kind of look bad. Yeah. Uh, Leary is just not not adjusting well to the conference. Uh, I mean, he threw for almost three hundred, but he's still turning the ball over and. 24 for 38. I mean, he had a, a terrible QBR as well. I mean, this struck, let, I mean, they were tied at halftime. They were almost down. Yeah. Um, they, I think Kentucky it was scored uh, at the very end of the half. Yeah. Eastern Kentucky scored in the first. And I think Kentucky didn't score until late in the second and went into halftime and tied. <clears throat> yeah. 42 seconds left in the half. Uh, Kentucky scored tied up. Um, I mean, th- this was a four point ball game until there was eight minutes left in the game. I mean, it's just. I, and this was an EKU team that got beat the week before, like sixty-six to ten by Cincinnati. So, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> moving on from that, I mean, uh, kind of the game of the the early morning slate: Ole Miss Tulane, uh, Ole Miss thirty-seven, to Tulane twenty. This was a great game, um, especially with the backup for Tulane. I thought they battled. Yeah, uh, no, they did. Seven point game with what, like two, three minutes left? Yeah, I mean, the score doesn't really reflect how close this game was because uh, they got a, oh, Ole Miss got a pick six late, just kind of like trash mm-hmm. pick six and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Tulane went in a halftime up seven points, uh, and they, uh, you know, came out. I mean, it, this game was tied into the fourth quarter. Um, it, or was it? Yeah, 14, yeah. 17. Yeah, 17. I mean, they were in the fourth quarter tied up. So, I mean, they, Tulane looked good. Um, I feel like the depth finally, you know, closer to the third and the fourth quarter, the depth for Ole Miss finally started to rear its head because, you know, yes. it's just Tulane yeah, does not Tulane have. tired. Yeah, they looked tired. But, you know, they hung around there, and it was a good game, you know. I didn't really have Tulane losing this game to Ole Miss, but. They played it a little bit better than I thought they would, to be honest. And the score doesn't really reflect that. It looks like they kind of got – I mean, they won by 
17 points, but I feel like that that game was a lot closer than than the score the final score, you know, kind of shows. But yeah, either way. Sure. Um um yeah, I mean if Michael Pratt is playing and he's healthy, I mean this is at least a 7-point game uh either way. I mean it, yeah. it really and it dude, really could have been Ole Miss's offensive line is bad. is 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 bad. I mean, yeah. they've got I mean, one of the best rushers in the country and he went 18 carries for 48 yards. And I mean, what did they what did he do week 1? It wasn't much better than that. It was I about mean, the same. Yeah, it was he, about uh, it was like 40 something yards rushing. It was Ole, not Old Miss versus Mercer, 13 carries for 60 yards. Um I, you know, uh what's it, the average there? Uh first per carry. I, I'm not doing that math. Anymore. Oh, uh against Mercer? Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, 4.6 against Mercer. Okay, so it's a little better, but it's 2.7 against Tulane here. I mean, they, they were just not giving them room. The the Tulane environment, I'm not not sure how many people are in, were in that. It's 30,000 people in the stands. I mean, the crowd was getting to the offensive line. Like, they were having false starts. They uh, just, like, were acting like it was tough to communicate and get play calls in and, and audible and everything. Um but I mean, yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think the depth really just just put them over the top. Um, I mean, Tulane, like Pratt, Pratt's going to be a, a first or second rounder, I think, and their backup was fifteen of thirty-seven, so that's like forty something percent. Yeah, like not and, not good. He had an eighteen you know, QBR. And everyone's looking at this this Ole Miss this Ole Miss team, and basically, it's the same story as last year. It's the offensive line is not the best. You got to get pressure on the quarterback, make them a one-dimensional offense where they have to pass the ball because, like, that's what we did in the Egg Bowl. We took the run game away, and they had to pass the ball every time, and as long as you're getting pressure on the quarterback, you can win that game. And, I mean, that's what Tulane did for three quarters. They got pressure back there. They stopped the run, and, you know, eventually, of course, Ole Miss wins because of the depth and the experience. But, you know, uh, this this Ole Miss team is not a it, it to me it it's not a championship team like a lot of the Ole Miss people think they are. Well, in the, uh, to, comparing to last year, I think that this offensive line this year is worse somehow. Um, yeah, the the difference is I think their their weapons uh, at receiver are better, and yeah. they they don't they don't even have Zachary Franklin healthy yet, and he was supposed to be the best one. I mean, Trey Harris is an animal. I read that he got hurt in this game too. I mean, it just seems like every time you turn around that there's another receiver that Ole Miss has that is, you know, six, seven, eight, nine catches for like 100 yards. I mean, they, they had another guy that I had not even heard of uh, in this game, if my box score would load. Um, who, Wade? Yes. Yeah, so they had a 100-yard 100, 100 game, right? Yeah. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know who that guy is. And I follow college football pretty pretty well. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be a tale of how – clean can they keep dart in the pocket and just let him cook because I, I don't they're not gonna ground and pound judd um uh, up you know between the tackles and an off tackle stuff like they did last year i mean he was eating and they kind of just let dart manage the game well now now dart is managing the game through the air yeah uh and, and judd's kind of just like a second well at that point thing, so he's not a game manager he has to go out yeah, there and win the game he's kind of cooking yeah uh i'm with you there so uh, moving on from there, uh, a game that we were both wrong about, 
Um, A and M thirty three, Miami forty eight. Well, that is uh, they sweet. Couldn't stop a nosebleed. Sweet, sweet. Love that. <laughs> it makes me. Yeah. I mean, oh man, it makes the SEC look bad. I'll say that, but we're going to get did, to that topic. I okay. did not have Miami as a very good team this year, and that was. I did not think. I mean, I will say Miami's quarterback looked pretty good. Um, yeah, it is but, so weird because he he was really good two years ago and prior, but last year he was really bad. Yeah, uh, but they, I mean they cooked A and M's defensively. Yeah, three hundred forty-seven yards for five TDs. You know, yeah, it's you, not bad. You know, you'll take that every week. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it looks like these were just like mostly explosive plays because A and M actually had nine more first downs than Miami did. Um, Miami only had 77 rushing yards. Uh, and again, I think that's because A&M has a really good defensive line, but, um, you know, what 374 was the, through the air. The turnover battles, though. Um, what was the turnover? Uh, A&M had three and Miami had one. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking of. I know Miami scored on a kick return. I didn't catch this whole game because I, I was trying to watch Ole Miss, but um, I'm probably going to rewatch it later. But, uh this was a game that, that Jimbo needed uh, to, I don't want to say salvage the year, but to make this a manageable year to where he didn't get fired. Yeah. So he's he's going to have to make up a, this loss somewhere in the conference slate. And, and uh, Connor Wigman for, for A&M, he had never thrown a pick before this game, I'm pretty sure, Yeah, in, in all his starts. And he threw two this, this, this yeah. game, which is not ideal. So, uh, no, not at all. But, um, you know, I'm glad uh, – <laughs> glad to see that he's human um you know i really i don't know man i just i thought i thought they were gonna take care of business and you know it wasn't the crowd that got that got to him because there was like twenty thousand people there or something yeah um moving on from them uh arkansas a, a struggle win versus kent state i mean this is another game where it was like uh seven to six with two minutes left in the first or the first half and they make it 14 six going and a half and win 28 to six i mean this kent state like i thought arkansas was going to be just bullying people running down their throats like this does not seem to be the arkansas team that we thought we were going to see going into the year i mean kj had a 136 yard pat like y'all should be i mean i, I don't i i can't get a key on a lot of these offenses they're all everybody has changed this year yeah like their identity as a whole has changed. Um, dude, I just, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't, I didn't watch a ton of that one. Austin P in Tennessee, Austin P 13, Tennessee 30. This was almost just like that game as well. Uh, we'll see. It was t- <laughs> Austin P was up six to three. Uh, it was six to six with 15 seconds left in the first half. Tennessee makes it 13 to six and ends up winning 30 to 13. Like. Awesome P is a tiny school in Clarksville, Tennessee. Tennessee should have drugged them by 50. Yeah. And I'm, I'm rambling like this because let's add another one. South Carolina and Furman. Furman was up 14 to 7 uh, in the second quarter. It was like 27, 14 and a half. It ends up being a, a decently sized, like, Victory, but like all these SEC teams are struck. Oh, Missouri, Missouri and TSU. Yeah. I was about to say, you can have <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's just never stopped seemingly. 
I'm not going to include Auburn and Cal because Cal's a decent team and Auburn's rebuilding. Um, and then ultimately, Texas 34, Alabama 24. Is the SEC I, I, dog water this year? Is the SEC the? It's not even is the SEC down. I think that's just a given at this point. It, is the SEC might say bad? Yeah, I mean it, it's not looking great. It is really not looking great. And you know, I I, I saw a TikTok or an Instagram reel or something. It 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 was about Saban. And, oh my gosh, I got another freaking ad coming up here and it keeps unmuting. So now all our viewers hear my ads every once in a while on my ESPN app for some reason. I'm sorry about that. Well, yeah, you won't hear it. It's coming through mine. Okay. All right. But um, I, I saw this video about Saban and how since, you know, uh, I guess people were reacting to the Texas loss and saying Saban's dynasty is over. And the main reason for that is with the transfer portal, he can't talk guys into coming and sitting on the bench for two two years or three years and not playing mm-hmm. until they're seniors because, like, you know, that's how Saban would, uh, would do it is, you know, he'd have three starting lineups at any other school, but two of those yeah. starting lineups are sitting on the bench waiting their turn, and any time that they need more depth, they just go get another five-star off the bench and right. throw them into the game. And you can't keep people around like that with the, the way the transfer portal and NIL is now. And I feel like that's very true, and, and that's maybe why Saban isn't as dominant as he has been in the past because he can't keep these kids at the school to sit on his bench, right? And I feel like the SEC as a whole – is starting to feel that a little bit and it's making the 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 playing field a little bit more even across the board in all conferences and 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 across the United States just because like the SEC had so much talent and we recruited at such a high level because everyone wanted to come play for the SEC and then they got here and then they're like well I'm not going to play for a year so I'm just going to go somewhere else and get playing time now and I feel like that is having it – it's starting to show its effects uh, more so this year than it has in the past, you know. Yeah, so the thing with recruiting and the th- the difference – I mean, people may hear what you just said and say, well, he, he still has these five stars on the bench. Well, yes, he does, but the difference is they used to be five stars that have been in his system two, three years that were right. riding the bench and were true Bama players and, and as – experienced in his system and his way yeah. his knowledge you could now, put them in the game and they played like the starters because they've been there so long they had the experience correct. it was not a drop-off now these guys obviously he's having to use the portal to replace the things that he's lost well they haven't been in the system uh two or three years like like most of his bench used to have or their freshmen so these recruiters are the best salesmen in the world and you could put them in a, a any other sales job and they would crush it. They they have been telling these kids whether they're five stars or not. But these these quote unquote salesmen know nine times out of ten if if these players will actually be impact players the minute they step on campus. But they hardly will tell them the truth. Right. Honestly, their job they're, they're, they I keep their job is to get them on campus, and they're about to drive me crazy. I I do apologize. Continue. You're good. 
they tell these kids, I'm not saying they necessarily lie to them, but they paint this picture that is an extremely gray area. They say, you'll have a chance. You, you can get on campus. You can do this, blah, 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 knowing dang well they're probably not going to touch the field yeah. to their third year. I mean, the that's their job, though, is to get them on yeah. campus. You yes, know? correct. But, and but with the transfer portal, it, you can't can keep leave. them. Yeah, yeah. The the retention job becomes so much harder, especially when all you have to do is enter your name on a little NCAA database website, and then you immediately get your phone blown up by fifty different schools that want you. Right. Um, where you know, back in the old transfer days, it was like, well, I mean, I'll have to sit a year if I transfer. I might as well just wait the year here, right? And then one year turns into two, and two turns into three, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. I won't say he's adjusted poorly, but I think the portal has brought enough parity to college football to where it's more balanced all around. You're not seeing these these roster hogs. Um, obviously, Clemson and Dabo taking the approach that he has where he says, I'm not going to take portal players. Like, he's taken two portal players in like four years. Like, no, like almost none. You see where that's going. I mean, yeah, like and we we NIL, may not we may not like the system that's in place, but you're not going to win without using it because everyone else is, you know. Yeah, it's adapt or get left behind, and it, the same thing with NIL for him. They were recruiting in the top five every year until NIL hit, and the last two years he's been at the 14 spot. I mean, it's not a coincidence at all. You know, he he's he's stubborn and he's going to pay for it, and he may lose his job for it. Uh, but I don't like Dabo's, so fuck him. But anyway, <laughs> that being said, I mean, it's just, it's just a new era. It, it, it's yeah. after get left behind. And ultimately I think this will be the reason that Saban retires. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, he's already starting his TV, his TV talks this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he signed it, with Pat yeah, uh, McAfee to be every, on every Thursday. every Thursday and everything. I mean. If Saban doesn't retire this year, it'll probably be next year. And I, I feel like it's just because he is set in his old ways. And, and he's not set in his ways like Dabo is. Like, he's using the transfer portal. But he has come to the realization that he cannot be as dominant with so many just amazing players ready to play at his given whim because they're just going to go somewhere else that they can get playing time now. You know, and and I feel like that's... I agree with you in the sense that that's probably why he retires. Yeah, like I don't think we will see any uh, – like you think of Bama's wide receiver room like four years ago when it was Devontae Smith, uh, Waddle, Ridley, Ruggs, um, and like one – they had like five guys, and of course like one of them was in prison, but five guys that were like starting NFL receivers – all on one team. Like, I don't think you will ever see that again. No. Because, because as soon as one guy doesn't go get playing time for guy. three, yeah, as soon as one guy doesn't get playing time for three weeks, he's gone. Like, you know? you'll, you'll see good wide receiver tandems till the end of the time because they do help each other out by not getting doubled. But like five, five starting NFL guys that are quali- – like, I don't think you'll see that again. Having Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Tua all in your locker room at one time, I, I don't – no. I don't know. You'll ever see that'll, that again. Yeah, either. that'll never happen again. Um, and if it does, it's going to be for probably like Lincoln Riley or something, like somebody that's just a QB guru. They're like, okay, it's worth sitting the bench to learn from this guy. But um, yeah, it's it's a different time. But uh, I, I think if Saban 
you know, and they still can because they don't have a conference loss. But if Saban doesn't, if Saban does manage to win it this year, I think he's retiring immediately. Yeah. If he doesn't, I think he may give it a year and see if he can go get a really good QB, probably from the portal uh, next year. Um, yeah. But my preseason, you know, we when we were going through the picks last week, and I said, you know, I showed him my preseason, like I, I had Bama going eleven and one, and their one loss was to Texas, and you were like, no, why? And we were both like, yeah, I don't know. I thought Bama was going to beat their ass. They didn't. Texas looked legit. Jalen Milrow looked pretty mid. Um, how do you see their QB scenario panning out from here on? Yeah, I don't know to be honest, because like in the first in the first game, I thought Milrow actually outperformed a little bit what I thought he was going to do. But mm-hmm. then you know you put him up against a good team, and it looked like he definitely did not perform to standards, especially Alabama standards. But I mean, who else do they have at this point this year? I, I really don't. I mean, they I know they have a they had a QB battle. Milrow supposedly won it. Maybe we see a little bit of the other guy. I don't even know his name. Uh, Ty Simpson's the freshman, like phenom. I don't know that he's going to be ready. And then they have that the kid from Notre Dame. I don't even remember his name. But they got Notre Dame transfer, but he was like really average. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, to be honest, Milrow is probably what they're going to stick with. But they just got to do something different, you know. I mean, he had splashes of – of decent. I mean, I, what I was really concerned with is the Alabama offensive line. I really didn't think that they performed to the Alabama standard, you know? So that was it, interesting. Yeah, especially a team that, that all offseason was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do murder ball. We're going to just cram it down teams' throats this year, yada, yada, yada. Well, I mean, they didn't really. But going off of what we said about the conference as a whole, the good news is they probably can go undefeated the rest of the way and still make the SEC championship. Yeah. Not if Mississippi so, State has anything to say about it. Oh, yeah, I'm going um, <laughs> to just chill. Just chill. Just, just chill. We respect Nick Saban in this household. I'll, I'll, always, always. <laughs> I will respect him until, uh, until he, you know, retires. Um, and then even then. Uh, but man, all right. Well, that being said, we did a lot of pooping on some teams and not a lot of praising. Um, the Talking Dogs Power Rankings, Week Three Edition. Exciting times! I bet this was really, really easy to put together this week. This was um, easy uh, from the one spot to the one spot, <laughs> and uh, after that, that, I'm I'm sure this list or I'm sure this weekend made. Tyler so happy that I was going to have to put Georgia back at number one. But Georgia, number one. Matt, you're not going to like number two. Ole Miss? It's Ole Miss. Okay. And I take no pride in saying that. (laughs) I mean, with the wins on the slate so far, yeah, I, I see why you gave it to Ole Miss. But I still think they're very beatable. I think they, they are. Gotta, I mean, do I think they would beat Bama right now? No. But I have to do it. They have a win over a ranked team. Alabama does not. Um, and quite frankly, just being 2-0 and versus being 1-1 and is just – it is what it is. Uh, three, I have Bama at three. 
Um, I don't like this one either, but I have LSU at four still. Over Tennessee? Yes. Do, do Austin P, man? I know, I know, but uh, it's still, I mean, they're, I don't know. I, I understand. I understand why. I mean, you got to put LSU up there so it makes us look better when we beat them this week. I understand why you're doing it, but I'm just yeah, saying. right, right. For sure, for sure. <laughs> you call me out of my narratives. Um, and, uh, we got to push yeah, narratives here. Yeah, at six, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually have us. And this is just more indicative of like what I think at the conference right now. Above Tennessee? No, five, Tennessee was five. Oh, okay. I, I, oh, so I, yeah, you didn't say Tennessee after LSU. It got me. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Five Tennessee, uh, State six. I have Arkansas at seven. Yeah. Um, uh, I have A and M at eight. Okay. I have South Carolina at nine. Okay. I have Auburn at ten. Okay. Kentucky is eleven. Okay. Missouri's twelve. Okay. Andy's thirteen, and Florida is still last. Yeah, Florida is got to be still last on the list. Uh, big big win over McNeese though. I didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Well. I, you know, uh, I, I say all in all, it's a pretty big list. I feel like we can be in that sixth spot if we play offense in a different manner than we did this week. But if Mm -hmm. we continue to play call like we did this week, we will be near the bottom of the list by the end of the year. And that is that, that is just how it's going to be. Yeah. Well, here's what I know is you know, had Arkansas blown out, um, who did they play again? Kent State. Kent State. They're taking. They're, I would swap. Yeah, but you they know, did blow them out. They they didn't. It was a struggle. And and A&M loses on A&M the road to loses. Miami in a not hostile environment. If A and M even you know lost by three, I would probably put them over us too. Uh, and had Auburn. As much as I think it's crazy to say, uh, two weeks ago had Auburn blown out Cal or even beat him by like twenty, I would I would probably have them at six or seven. But all of these teams below us have given me reason con- for concern against worse opponents, or also have a loss. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you can't really argue with that. I agree. Just such a. I I can't believe how bad this conference is right now, man. Yeah, it's it's tough. It is I haven't tough. Seen anything like it? And you know, and and I'll time. continue to give my roommate shit. Literally, just rile him up about the Big Twelve. But you know, deep down, I know the truth. What's the truth, Matt? That the SEC conference is is not what it was two years ago, and it's definitely not what it was four years ago. Yeah, it's not. Um, but I I can't say that the Big Twelve is is exactly good no, either. No, uh, no. I and and that's kind of what I was saying is that this NIL and this transfer portal is just making it more even. It's not going to make there is. I really think in five years there's not going to be a super conference like the SEC was. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, we were so dominant for so long. That yeah, fifteen that, years basically. Yeah, the way that every everybody can transfer, and and to be honest, in teams like Georgia and Alabama will continue to be high level teams for a while, just because of what the SEC has been for so long. But you know, 
every once in a while, I mean, you're going to have years, maybe not this year. I mean, Georgia might go for the three-peat here, but these other teams like Penn State and, and Ohio State and Michigan are probably going to start creeping into winning some national championships here in the next 10 years. And, you know, it's it's – I don't think that the SEC, they'll, like the Big Ten or the Big 12, especially the Big 12, will ever be better than the SEC, like the SEC was better than everybody else for so long. But I feel like it'll just be more even, just the way the transfer portal is, making it so easy for players who are not getting immediate play time to go play somewhere that they can't, you know. I mean, that's what the SEC had over everybody else was we had recruiting and we had the name brand that players would come and sit for two years and be well-versed in in the system and be, you know, they'll get some playing time throughout those years and they will be ready to take over the reins year three and compete at a very high level. And that is just not something that any conference is going to have at this day and age. They're going to have guys who are coming in who have gotten playing time elsewhere but are being plugged into a new system that they have not played in and you know i think just the level of football is kind of kind of go down a little bit if that makes sense i feel yeah, like well it's good for a from a parody standpoint oh yeah like no. if you're a fan, if you're a fan of football and you're like dude i'm tired of x team from the sec winning it every year well no. yeah exactly good news for you it's probably I mean, they're still going to win uh, probably half of them, yeah. but that's a lot better than 90% of them, which is what it has been. Right. Um, but, yeah, dude, I don't think – I mean, I think Georgia will get in, but I don't think that the SEC wins a title this year. I think uh, a team from the Pac-12 or a team from the Big Ten is going to – and, you know, who's to say what happens from, from then on? Um, yeah. It's and, super interesting. And, and that goes back to – a. That goes back to a thing uh, that me and my roommate were talking about because, like, he was like, well, everybody in the SEC just rides the coattails of Alabama and Georgia. And to an extent, that's true. Um, but at least the coattails that we ride, they win, you know. But, like, in, in the argument was, like, don't y'all ever get tired of, like, I guess we were talking about, would you rather watch an SEC ball game that you know Georgia or Alabama is just going to blow everybody out? Or would you rather watch a Big Twelve or a Pat or a you know Big Ten game that you don't know who's going to win? And and I was like, you know, that's a really good point because like, trust me, no one's more tired of Alabama and Georgia beating the shit out of everybody um, than the SEC because we have to play them every year. You know, we're we're sick and tired of it too. We want we want a little bit more evenly matched stuff here. You know, so I just thought that was kind of a good point that we kind of came to in that that conversation. Yeah, and that's also a bull, like a bullshit thing to say. They they say the coattail thing, but like, okay, let's think in the last fifteen years, how many title teams does the SEC have versus every other conference? Okay, so SEC has LSU's won a title, Bama's won multiple, Georgia's won multiple, Auburn's won one, Florida's won two. That's five. Yeah. Okay, what does the rest have? ACC Ohio State. Has- one in in Clemson, unless you want to go back as far as to Florida State winning one. Okay, so three. So the ACC has two, and the Big Ten has one, and everybody else has none. So our conference alone has out outplayed the field five to three. Yeah, in the last fifteen years, and and that's that's five different teams. Uh, 
you know, not five yeah, titles. Yeah, five different teams and a shit ton more titles because of Alabama yeah, and Georgia. It's, it's right. And, you know, LSU has 19 and seven and four and yeah. played for another. And, you know, Bama's got multiple. Georgia's got two. Florida's got two. So whatever. Uh, it's not, it, it's not, a, it's not been a two, two pony race there. Okay. So right. it's, uh, that, that's always a, a cop out. I always see on Twitter. And I'm like, you're just, yeah. Cause I mean, if you look at the big 10, I mean, Penn is kind of making a, making a play this year. I think they could be pretty good, but like, it's been Ohio state, Michigan for as long mm-hmm. as I can remember, you know, I mean, yeah. the, I mean, the ACC has been Clemson and then you had Florida state, you know, years ago with Jameson, but other than that, it's just been Clemson, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, the Oregon has showed face a couple times, Washington once. Uh, who the, I mean, the Big 12 will put Oklahoma in and then get beat by like 50 points. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it never fails. But that, at those times are, are maybe, maybe coming to a close, but we'll yeah. see. It's going to be an interesting race this year. That being said, uh, let's take a look at the week three slate. Yeah. Um, and I'll start at 11 a.m., not including our game uh, with Kansas State at Missouri. Kansas State currently favored by five and a half. How are you feeling on this one? Uh, Yeah, no. I mean, the way Missouri played last week, Kansas State's going to walk away with this one. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I, think no that, I think that five and a half is pretty low. I would take, the, I would take uh, Kansas, Kansas State, State to cover. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you. Um, we have South Carolina at Georgia, the beginning of a tough stretch for both Mississippi State and South Carolina um, starting this week. Uh, currently, line is Georgia by 27. What are your thoughts? I mean, Georgia's going to beat the brakes off of them. I don't know if they cover, but if, if, if South Carolina's offensive line was anything like the North Carolina game, then they will definitely mm-hmm. cover. Yeah, and I, I think I'd go out on a limb here and say Georgia's defensive line is better than North Carolina's. Uh, yeah. Don't don't look for it being. Um, well, that, you know, I like, that's a pretty hot take there. You know, pray that's pray a, for Spencer Rattler uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if you if you like him, I guess. Um, such an interesting game here. We have Bama going to South Florida. Bama is currently favored by thirty-two. Thoughts here? I mean, it's it's interesting to see Bama play in an away game like this, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't think they have any chance of losing this one. I would hope not, at least. Yeah, uh, me either. But it's just hilarious that they're going to be playing in that stadium. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's going to be so funny. Uh, we got UL Monroe at A and M. I got a question. Uh, did Did Alabama still pay South Florida for Alabama to come play at their home stadium? I I don't. I think in this matchup, no. Uh, I think this was a a two for one where. South Florida agreed to go to Tuscaloosa twice and as in exchange for Bama to come down there once. Oh, okay. I think that's what this was. Gotcha. All right. We're moving on. You're good. UL Monroe at AM. AM currently favored by thirty seven. Yeah, I'm in. This is a this is a game that uh Jimbo needs a little bounce back from, so we'll see how it mm-hmm. goes. But uh I think I think A and M is gonna be able to get this one. Do you think they cover this though? Thirty seven? Hmm. Yeah. I think they either come out and play really flat because of how awful they played last week, or they come out and blow them out by 50 points. I think there's no in between. Um, yeah. So, 
Um, I'm gonna. I, I I think that they're gonna be mad. They're they're back home. I I think they cover. Yes. If okay. I had to guess. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, a, a kind of a interesting line here on the next one. We have Tennessee at Florida. Ten- Tennessee is only favored by six and a half here. Yeah, I mean this is a big East East game here. It's, it's at Florida, which is never in the past. It's been a pretty hostile place to play, but I feel like. Florida is just so ass that it, I, I think Tennessee covers this pretty easily. To be honest, I I know Tennessee struggled last week, but let's not let's not uh, count Florida out and how bad they suck. So I, I feel like Tennessee covers this in Gainesville. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, maybe Florida can make it a kit interesting for let's say a half, but I think ultimately. Uh, Utility is going to walk away with this. I've seen people being upset, Florida fans upset that SEC Nation is going to Starkville and not to Gainesville. Like, what has Florida done to deserve that? Yeah, that just makes no sense to me. Yeah, um, Mississippi just, State's two and zero with a Power Five win. I mean, Florida is one and one. I mean, yeah, and I mean, LSU is one and one, but they lost to a top three team. Yeah, uh, Tennessee just came off a struggle against Austin P. So, whatever. Uh, Samford against Auburn, no line on this. Not even any any point in talking about it. Uh, then we have this is really an important game for Vanderbilt. I know nobody cares, but Vandy goes to UNLV. Yeah, and Vandy is favored by four. Yeah, that is. I was just looking at that. I didn't realize Vanderbilt was on the road, and also, you know, that's a four point spread on a. On a game like that, that's interesting. Um, uh, I think Vanderbilt wins this. I think I think Vanderbilt has improved a little bit. Um, I mean, they've played; they got three games under their belt. I I, I think they're they're going to win this, and I think they cover. Yeah, uh, let's see. UNLV had Michigan last week, and they lost by twenty eight. Um, yeah, I, I think this would be a, probably like a seven seven point win for Vandy. I, I'm with you on that. Uh, then we have Georgia Tech going to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is favored by twenty. Thoughts yeah. there? Yeah, I think Ole Miss blows them out. To be honest, uh, to be honest, they're probably playing mad from last week. I, I would even, I think, I think they could cover that twenty points. Yeah, at home, uh, I would have to agree with you there. Uh, then yeah, an interesting matchup, I think probably one of the most slept on games uh, of the week of BYU at Arkansas. Um, I, I think Arkansas won this by like three last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkansas is favored by 10. Who you got? Yeah. Arkansas at home here. Um, uh, I, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Arkansas. Uh, I, I, I feel like Arkansas played good the first game and, kind of slowed down the second game uh, this last week. I, I think they're going to kind of pick it back up this week against BYU. Uh, they have something a little bit more to get up for. You know, they know mm-hmm. BYU is a little bit better of a team than they've played the first two games. Um, I think they're going to get up, and I, I, I think they, they win. And That 10, I, I, I for some reason, I'm feeling like they're going to win by a touchdown, but who knows? They may cover. Yeah, yeah I, I think BYU covers, but I think Arkansas does barely escape here uh, with the game being at home. Um, Akron at Kentucky, I wouldn't even talk about this normally, but like 
Kentucky is just after last week. You want to talk about it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this a Joe Moorhead uh, matchup here? Is he still the coach of Akron? I think so. I got to look it up. Yes, he is. Okay. Joe Mo, baby. Offensive guru. Oh, yeah. Look, Akron extended look, uh... Moorhead through 27. <laughs> Yeah, man, look for uh, look for the Akron Zips to just tear it up, bro. Um, dude, just for funsies, I'm gonna pick Akron to cover here. Yeah, I I was kind of thinking that. I I think Kentucky wins, but I think they don't win by 25, especially from what I saw last week. For sure. And then uh, last but certainly not least, SEC Nation at a putrid 11 a.m. time. Um, LSU at state. LSU's favored by ten. Well, that in itself is almost an argument for SEC Nation to be at the Florida Tennessee game just because it's a six o'clock game instead of an eleven a.m. game. But yeah, I get that. But that's that's. I mean, I don't know how how TV would handle that. But dude, I just I know you picked this game preseason. You said we'll beat LSU. Thoughts now? Uh, Definitely. Not as confident as I was. <laughs> Needless to say, I think it is still like I've, I watched LSU the first game, of course, and the second game. I think we can win this game, but not with play calling like it was last week. I know I beat that drum a few times this podcast so far, um, but it is definitely something that is scary. And I really hope our offensive coordinator can take both hands and grip his head and pull it out of his ass far enough to play football in a manner that could not be running between the tackles every single play. And I feel like if we can be a little bit more, a little bit more, um, here, here's what we got to do. If we can be, more, if we can spread the ball around and be more uh, balanced on offense and we can contain Jaden Daniels in the sense of not letting him run, you know, get outside the pocket and run on us all the time, if we can do those two things, I think we have a really good shot of winning. But we'll yeah. see. But that's a big if. Yeah, that's a big if. Um, we didn't do that very well against Arizona. I feel like... I, I think Jet or Buki one is probably going to be spying on Jaden Daniels a whole lot. I, if if I was a defensive coordinator, that's probably what I would be doing mm-hmm. a lot. Um, if we can contain him and make him throw, I think we're, they're not going to be able to run on us very well, especially between the tackles. If we can contain him and make him throw the ball downfield and make it a one-dimensional offense, I, I feel like we'll we'll be able to – it, it, there's a chance. There's a chance. That's that's a, that's what I'm going to say about that. So you're saying there's a chance. There is a small chance. But I'm ready to be hurt again. Man, I am not. But I am going to just understand uh, the, the way th- these things go, man. Um, we are due a win against LSU. But I, I'm not truly inspired about the offense from 
Saturday. No, I'm very uninspired I, by the offense from Saturday. I indeed. I think after what I saw Saturday, I would be I would feel more confident if you said Will Rogers was calling the plays the entire game against LSU than I would if you said Barbe's just gonna fix it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, because I mean, Rogers has been here four years, and Barbe's been here four months, and Will knows knows the players and and the feel of the offense, uh, whether it's new or not, more so than probably anybody else. Um, I I think we make this a battle, but I, I think State ends up losing by like fourteen. I would love to be wrong though. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, after last week, I if I were to redo my picks, I would not pick the same. But we'll see. How do you expect the environment to be like? Dude, I was kind. Of, I mean, I, I of course you know I'm on call, so I didn't get to go last week, and I'm not going to get to go this week. But if I was not on call, I would be there. Um, I would have gone this weekend last week. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the environment last week, playing a Power 5 opponent in the 6.30 slate, and it just did not look like there was a whole lot of electricity in that stadium. So, you know, coming, it's our first SEC game against LSU. I feel like a lot of people kind of got upset or is having second thoughts about the way we played last week. And an 11 a.m. game, I just, I, I really don't think that, the home field advantage is going to play to our favor as much as we'd like it to, just because I, I really don't think it's going to be a packed house or anything like that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. You know, we're looking for offensive dif- differences. Uh, we said Rogers had 15 in the, in regular time against Arizona. Uh, Rogers over under 24 and a half this Saturday attempts. I, I mean, we have to hammer the over if we have if we want to have any chance of winning this game. I mean, it has to be over. Um, oh, it's what we it's what we need, but I don't know if we'll get it. Yeah, if 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 it's anything like last week, I would hammer the under. Um, but we'll see. Uh, what is your official uh, against the spread prediction? Official. Uh, officially, officially, I think LSU wins and covers. Sadly. Pain. Pain. All right, man. Well, I'm with you. I don't want to be. I I just hope that our schedule is so, I mean, Bama is what Bama is, but from what I've seen the rest of the con like with from the rest of the conference, if we lose Saturday, it is not the end of the world. Like it's it's crazy to say we could get embarrassed Saturday and still end up like being ten and two. Or we could get embarrassed Saturday and be like six and six. Like this is such a strange year for the conference, for the division. Everybody is so beatable. Yeah. And I'm so nervous. Like last year, I felt so solid about the offense and especially the defense. I, I mean, I, I knew our offense wasn't going to be anything crazy, 
but I, I trusted Will at that point. I, you know, trusted Leach, and I, I, I just knew last year. I was like, we, like we're gonna win eight games. Like we have a chance at nine if we beat Kentucky. We didn't. We won eight. We went nine and four. This year, it, it, I, dude, I just like we could seriously go six and six, or we could seriously go nine and three, or ten and two. And I, like, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to expect, and it's it's not good for my mental health or my heart health. And I'm nervous. And this is Talking Dogs podcast. Dogs day out. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>